Season's greetings. We're wrapping up the year with a look back at your favorite episodes of 2020. Enjoy this Curiosity Daily Classic and stay subscribed for brand new episodes starting January 1st. See you in 2021. Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about the shocking prevalence of torture scenes in movies and why the world's smelliest fruit smells so bad. We'll also answer a listener question about where mold comes from. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Think back to the last children's movie you watched. Did it have a torture scene? According to a new study, there's a good chance that it did. Researchers found that torture scenes are everywhere in popular media, and they might be skewing public perception. This is a weird story. That study found that 60% of recent top-grossing North American films have at least one torture scene, and that includes movies for kids. For real, the title of the study... Ashley, what's the title of the study? <laughs> the title of the study is, Wait, There's Torture in Zootopia? Examining the Prevalence of Torture in Popular Movies. Yeah. So, why exactly were researchers looking for torture in Zootopia in the first place? Well, roughly half of the American public thinks that torture is acceptable when it comes to fighting terrorism. Previous research has shown that dramatic depictions of torture can boost public support for it. But no one has ever taken a systematic look at how and how often torture is depicted in the media we consume. So to find out, the researchers examined 27 R-rated movies, 108 PG-13 movies, 58 PG-rated movies, and 7 G-rated movies. They found 275 torture scenes in all, and nine of them were in the seven G-rated movies. That means the majority of popular films, including those for children, have at least one torture scene. And the torture is usually depicted as effective. In other words, it achieves the torturer's goal. Researchers also found torture was depicted as more acceptable and necessary when perpetrated by the protagonist of the film. When the villain was the torturer, it was shown as harsher and less justified. Those depictions of torture really matter. Most people don't have very much real-life experience with torture, thank goodness. And when people lack real-life experience with something, media can help them understand it. The study found that the messaging around torture is pretty consistent from movie to movie, which means it could have a particularly strong influence on public opinion. The problem is that everything we know about torture suggests it doesn't work in real life. It's not ethical to do the kind of study that would say for sure whether torture works or not, but there is indirect evidence that it doesn't. It can even lead to false confessions during interrogations. The takeaway for this study, as one researcher puts it, quote, evidence suggests that torture does not work, but media often shows that it does, unquote. The researchers say they don't want to censor filmmakers, but they do want the public to understand how big the torture problem is. They hope screenwriters will use more caution in the future. Have you heard of durian? It's known as the world's smelliest fruit. Some might even say it's torture to be around. And scientists just discovered something pretty surprising about its noxious stench. The smell of durian has been compared to rotten onions, raw sewage, and spoiled meat. The smell is so polarizing that durians are banned from airplanes, hotels, and mass transit in many Southeast Asian countries. 
It's not only hard to smell, it's also hard to handle. The fruit is about the size and shape of a rugby ball with long, super sharp thorns that can draw blood if you're not careful. But if you can get past its noxious smell and treacherous exterior, you'll get to taste soft flesh that durian lovers describe as creamy, nutty, and lightly sweet. Durians mostly grow in Indonesia, Thailand, Malaysia, and the Philippines, where they're prized by many. Some varieties can go for $50 a fruit, and they're often given as gifts to business partners and government officials. But if you try the smelly fruit, be careful. Durian doesn't mix well with alcohol. People will sometimes collapse or pass out when they drink in durian. Research suggests that may be because sulfur compounds in the fruit can block the digestive enzymes that usually break down booze. Considering all these quirks, it's no wonder that scientists have been curious about durian for years. And now we finally know what makes it stink. In 2017, researchers discovered that it comes down to an odorant called ethanethiol. That's the same compound that's added to natural gas to make it smell like rotten eggs. But the most surprising part came when those same researchers set out to discover how the plant makes that compound. The answer? An amino acid that's never been found in a plant. Until now. That amino acid is called ethionine. As the fruit ripens, the concentration of ethionine rises and interacts with an enzyme to produce more and more of the smelly molecule ethanethiol. So not only is durian the world's smelliest fruit not to mention one of the biggest and spikiest, it also contains an amino acid that has never been seen in any other plant before. What a peculiar piece of produce. We got a listener question from Tim, who writes, Where does mold come from? I'm talking specifically about the mold you get on bread or other packaged foods, because it just seems to appear out of nowhere. Is it already on the food when you buy it? but hasn't had time to grow to a visible size? Or does it somehow make its way through the packaging and onto the food, even though the packaging seems to be airtight? Great question, Tim. Short answer, the mold probably didn't make its way through the packaging. It was either in the air where it was produced or packaged, or it got in when you opened the package at home. That's because mold spores are everywhere. You probably inhaled some in your last breath, ate some in your last meal, and slept with some in your bed last night. Mold is kind of like bacteria. It's on us, around us, and in us all the time. But most of it is completely harmless. But while bacteria are microscopic, single-celled organisms, mold is multicellular and can sometimes be seen with the naked eye. Mold is a type of fungus, like yeast or mushrooms. And just like mushrooms, the stuff you see above the surface, whether that's a pretty red mushroom cap or icky green fuzz, that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's just the fungus's reproductive organs. It's where it releases its spores, its seeds, basically, to be carried away on the breeze and land somewhere new. Beneath the surface are root threads, which can bury themselves in deep. And one reason mold seems to grow so easily on food is that its living requirements are pretty lax. Molds have been found to grow in very alkaline and very acidic environments, temperatures ranging from 50 to 95 degrees Fahrenheit, or 10 to 35 degrees Celsius, and moisture levels well below that of most packaged food. Some molds start to grow in as little as 12 hours, others may take weeks. But like I said, mold is not always harmful. After all, you need mold to make fragrant cheeses like gorgonzola, roquefort, and blue cheese. 
But that doesn't mean you should feel free to take a big bite out of any old moldy food. It usually tastes nasty, for one thing, and some molds can trigger allergic reactions, cause respiratory problems, or produce mycotoxins, which are poisonous. And given that the fuzzy mold is usually just the upper portion of a deep root network, it's generally better to throw the food out rather than cut the mold off. Thanks for your question, Tim. If you have a question, you can email it to podcast at curiosity.com or leave a voicemail at 312-596-5208. Before we recap what we learned today, here's a sneak peek at what you'll hear next week on Curiosity Daily. Next week, you'll learn about why things taste bad after you brush your teeth, a hormone scientist discovered that makes women experience more pain than men, and more. You also hear about plans to build the largest wildlife crossing in the world, as well as the science that goes into it, from the leader of the Save LA Cougars campaign. It's going to be a super fun interview. For now, let's recap what we learned today. Well, I learned that there's torture in Zootopia. Who knew? (laughs) But now I'm thinking about all the cartoons I've seen that do kind of parodies on like gangster torture scenes. I feel like it's just like an entertainment trope that kind of morphed and evolved into what it is. And now it's just kind of a common go to. But like, right. We it's so common that we don't even notice it, but it's still influencing us. Right. Yeah. It's just we just kind of take it for granted. But it's like, wait a minute. Maybe maybe this is bad. And it's bad because the evidence we have says that torture doesn't work. And in all of this media, the torture generally does work. Yeah. I don't believe everything you see on TV. Definitely. We also learned that durian is the world's smelliest fruit, and scientists just learned it's because it contains ethanethiol, which is there because of an amino acid that has never been detected in a plant before. Definitely not going to buy any deodorants with that in it. I'm amazed that it's the same compound that makes natural gas stinky. Gross. Speaking of stinky, mold spores are already everywhere, just like bacteria. You just see them when they've planted their roots because those roots get into stuff and then it's gross. You don't want to you don't want to put that in your mouth. Nope. I think it's wild that mushrooms and mold fuzz are just the reproductive organs of funguses. Really makes you look at them a different way. I'd rather not. <laughs> Today's story is written by Ashley Hamer and Kelsey Dunk and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff who's celebrating a birthday tomorrow. Yay! Second Curiosity Daily hosts pandemic quarantine birthday. (laughs) Oh, gosh. You know what? It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, so I hope that you will have a wonderful celebration. Thank you, and thank goodness for video conferencing, am I right? Right. (laughs) Well, even if it's not your birthday, have a great weekend, and join us again Monday to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.